Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hi there, and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. Uh, this is part 10 of the 18-part series on forgiveness in preparation for the Forgiveness Challenge, which is coming in April, and we're, we're doing that one narrowly. We're, we're using that opportunity to talk about self-forgiveness, although there's two sides as we've talked about. Uh, the self-forgiveness challenge is in a few weeks, and also the book, Forgiveness, A Journey of Courage to a Place of Freedom and Power. Today, episode 648, total in the series of this series dedicated to helping you create your ultimate life of um, purpose, prosperity, and joy by serving with your divine gift is part 10 in that series. And the truth is forgiveness can be hard. And we're talking on both sides here, forgiving someone else or forgiving yourself. The reason I picked uh, this background, if you're watching uh, on, if you're just listening to the audio, like I, I said before, I encourage you to watch the videos. But, you know, you may not be able to. You may be driving or commuting or whatever, so do whatever serves you. But if you do get a chance to look, I, you, I picked this background, which is a stoplight. And the stoplight looks a little orange in the picture, but it was a picture of a red stoplight. And the reason I picked a red stoplight is because forgiveness sometimes feels like that. Like it's hard, like it's just stop sign after stop sign after stop sign, and all the lights are red as you try to move through something as difficult, as seemingly difficult as forgiveness. And I have total empathy with that. Total empathy. And, you know, everyone's got their own battles and their own situation. And so I'm not pretending to understand or minimize at all what you are going through, are carrying, or have been through or have carried. I don't know. I use my own examples because they're the ones that I know. And I'm hoping with all my heart that they'll help you. In my years struggling with depression, I um, failed with three relationships. It always takes two to tango, but I know I played a major part in the failure of those relationships. I, I struggled deeply with depression, and I wasn't open and didn't talk to anyone, my partner or help, therapist, a religious counselor, anybody, about what was going on in me. The, the just deep depression, not good enough, not good enough no matter what I do. And that led me to try so hard to do everything at absolute perfection levels. My expectations of others, my expectations of myself, the volunteer work that I did at church, everything had to be perfect. And I worked as hard as I could, sometimes crazy amounts of time and effort, and required it of others too. 
I tried to make it as pleasant as possible. But anyway, in my personal life, I didn't share anything. So none of my mates ever knew what was going on in my heart, ever. And I didn't share it because I thought it was my fault and I needed to suck it up. Well, that's a disease. That disease caused failed relationships. That disease caused addictions. That disease led me to take refuge in that kind of substance abuse. It led me eventually to leave all three relationships and cause them to fail. Uh, and, you know, I'm not talking about anyone else's part in anything. I did that, and because of that, I share that. And if you want the details, it's in Tightrope of Depression, my journey from darkness, despair, and death to light, love, and life. And I gave it that title because this included a couple of attempts on my own life because I believed with all my heart I was not good enough. And why it gets to forgiveness is my belief that I was bad, the root cause of all evil, was so profound, so pervasive, and so powerful that I believed that I needed to be gone and to, to be out of this frame, to leave this life, to die. And I even had one of the spouses that I had say, I want to wake up in a world without you. And, you know, was encouraging me to end my own life indirectly. And that particular person was someone who had experienced suicide, not obviously her own, but her mother had committed suicide when she was a young girl, 12, and she had been lied to about that terrifying, sad fact and the tension between her and her dad until she was an adult, until she was 21. And that created terrifying abandonment issues and anger towards her dad and just all kinds of stuff. But I, I knew that that had happened, meaning the suicide and the lying, but I didn't understand at all what that did to a person because I was busy struggling with my own stuff and not addressing it. So I didn't understand what was wrong with me or what help I needed or she did or anything. So in those kinds of ways and others, I wasn't very good as a partner. And so I was absent. I wasn't good as a dad in many ways. And I was trying all the time. I mean, I showed up and I went places and did things and to ball games and this and that. But it was just not satisfying. It was painful all the time. So I say all that because that was the guilt that I carried. It's all my fault. I have 10 kids. Uh, several of them don't have communication with me right now, as I mentioned yesterday. So I've got that beautiful opportunity to work on. I love it. I'm grateful. Grateful I'm still drawing breath, and they are. And I know without hesitation, question, or doubt, the day will come when that will be repaired. The love will overcome hate. That kindness and empathy and beauty and forgiveness will overcome any negativity. I know it like I breathe. So I have no doubt about that. But a long time, decades, literally, and the first, even after the divine intervention in 2007, and in a short episode, I don't have time to retell that story, so read Tightrope of Depression. Uh, it's on Amazon. But even the first year, six, five, six, seven years, the first half of the last 14, I still carried that guilt, shame, and belief that I was just the cause of all this evil. And somehow, if I could just do enough, I could fix it. So I did all kinds of stuff, and the list doesn't matter here, but just everything that I could think of to try to repair, to make amends, to fix, to apologize, and that's all good. Apologizing is appropriate, and trying to make amends is appropriate. But I then played the doormat. You scream at me, go ahead, run over me, abuse me, call me names, blame me for everything. Yes, 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 it's all my fault. And I let 
that be the framework of the relationship, which created a relationship, but it was unhealthy for them and for me. And so I had to get past that. And, I, you know, one of the counselors I was seeing told me I was just allowing the abuse to continue. So learning all that stuff was stuff I had to do. And then I had to do two things. Be satisfied with the amends I had offered and wait with joy and open arms for other opportunities that might come or might not. But do it without being a doormat and being trampled. And then I had to forgive myself. I had to say, okay, Kellen, you've done all you can. This suffering is enough. And, uh, you know, I talked about that yesterday. And today I want to talk about how hard that is. Because I don't want to pretend. You just, oh, yeah, you know, forgive yourself. That's all good. You know, pretend it didn't happen. It's never going to be like that. Forgiving yourself is not pretending it away. It is not ignoring the consequences. You know, I'm scarred for life because of the abuse I had being raised. I've had to work like crazy and still work all the time to mitigate the permanent consequences of that abuse that I received. But I live with it with love. I live with it with joy. I live with it with opportunity. And that's what we can do. When, when I, I tell the story of the dog all the time, our dog that had a limp and the limp was caused by an accident when he was a puppy. I blamed myself for the accident took him to the vet in the middle of the night. They did the surgery they could, et cetera, but they told us he might always have a limp. And sure enough, a few years later, when he either ran too much or it was really cold, he limped. But the dog didn't let that permanent impact change the joy of his life. Lived full joy, happiness, complete life all in, even with a limp. That is the perfect example. And I tell that story over and over again because it means something over and over again. The dog taught me to forgive. <clears throat> the dog taught me to forgive even though I have a limp. That opportunity is available to all of us. Now, the limp on the other side, if we've done things, the limp is the permanent baggage we carry. Oh, I should have done this or that or the other. So, Getting rid of that baggage is what we're talking about today. So the question is, where do I get the power? Where do I get the power to forgive myself, to live life with joy and beauty because I still have a limp? So there's two things. In the results equation, which is another book you should read, uh, it, there's a part of the results equation called mental earthquake. It's the second of five terms. Mental earthquake. And it, it is founded on the idea that self-love is the key to creativity, productivity, and joy. You can have anything you want, you can do anything you want, and you can have as much joy as you can stand. But it's founded on self-love. When we have self-loathing, that is the antithesis of self-love. So how, where do I get the power? It starts with self-love. So here's an exercise. There's a book you should read called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It. Uh, and I've forgotten the fellow who wrote it. <clears throat> it was based on a TED Talk, and there's now a second edition. And I have the first and second edition. It's beautiful, and it's very, very, very simple. Just practice telling yourself, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself. And you think it's silly, and you think it doesn't work, and it doesn't count. And you know what? That tells me you haven't tried it. Every single minute of every single day for a year. When you've done that every single minute of every single day for a year, then talk to me. Another variation of that or an addition to that is to look in the mirror every single day in the morning. Look deeply in your eyes and say, I love you. 
I love you for trying. I love you for living. I love you for getting up another day and going after this. I love you for discovering your talents. I love you for developing them. I love you for giving and serving in the world. I never miss an ep- opportunity to tell a podcast host. I've been on 150, as I've mentioned, over the last six months. I never miss the opportunity to tell a host, oh, I love you. I love what you're doing. I love the work you're doing. This is a labor of love. You know, podcasts are a lot of work and you don't make any money and you don't get 99.999% of them never get big acclaim or make any money, but they're doing it because they have a drive and a calling inside to add good to the world. So that's what they're doing. And so I always want to love them for it because I'm sure they don't get that enough. So learning to love yourself is first. And that starts with something simple as saying the words, I love you. I have written on, I record these podcasts in one of the three studios I have in the basement here of this big house. We rented a really big house when Joy's mom moved in because we needed more room. And it turns out the basement is huge and I have three studios. Anyway, in the bathroom, which is a giant full-on bathroom down here, I've, I've written on the mirror. And the mirror is really long, like probably at least eight feet long, maybe longer. I, I love in wealth and abundance. I serve in wealth and abundance. I am enough. And some other, you know, two or three other things, and I've written them on there in dry erase marker right across the top so I get to see them every day. Not just as a, yeah, whatever, but to look at them and think about them. Because the truth is the power is in you. Now, in the results equation, the chapter on mental earthquake, please read that. It teaches you how to exercise and get and get engaged and establish habits of self-love, self-caring. I'm not talking about self-indulgence and doing whatever you want. I'm talking about truly loving the divine being that you are. Now, there's one other piece that I want to give you besides chapter, the chapter in the results equation on mental earthquake and the encouragement to love yourself and the mirror routine and writing things on the mirror and doing stuff to truly love yourself. And that is the story that I that happened in one of the conversations I had with God at the door between life and eternity. And you know, I died in 2018 and here I am. I had three conversations with God at the door between life and eternity. And I documented those and everything that happened in a book called Meeting God at the Door. Conversations, choices, and commitments of a near-death experience. The key piece is there were four takeaways that I had from one of the conversations, and that was just one, half of one of the conversations, and that is, number one, we're all divine beings. We know that in our hearts. Sometimes we doubt, but you are. Number two is you have divine gifts. We all do. We were given gifts to serve and to love with here. Number three is that we have mission and purpose, and that stays true even if we've failed, failed miserably, done stupid things, been hurt, are carrying one, two, three, four limps that are permanent shaping things. Those will all be handled in the ultimate justice of eternity. But right now you might be carrying limps. I know I am. So you have mission and purpose that transcends the limps. And the fourth thing that I heard was that all the help we need to discover our gifts, to serve with them, to live a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy. All the help we need is available from both sides of that door. And that door is the door at which I stood. I literally stood on one side leaning on a door jam, and God was on the other side leaning on the other door jam, and we had a conversation, long and detailed. 
And one of the things he assured me was that all the help we need is available to live our fullest, most blessed, powerful life and add good to the world from both sides of that door, from the earthly side and the divine side. That is such a powerful, life-changing, earth-shattering truth. That means if we seek, we will find. Now, I don't know how hard you're going to have to seek, and nothing, to me at least, has ever come on a silver platter. Well, maybe it is, and it just didn't seem like it to me. Maybe later I'll find out, wow, that really was a silver platter. I don't know. But here's the thing. We're going to have to work and search and look. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. None of it says stand there and it shall be poured over your head. So get to work. Learn to love yourself. Develop your relationship with the divine, however you conceive that to be. The divine is there. It is your, he is your creator and loves you and is willing and able to help you. But his playbook is for our development, not for our ease. So lean into that truth, love that truth, love yourself, and that's how you can get the power to do this hard thing of forgiving yourself as a necessary part of creating your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your